0: Ladies and gentlemen, Alien Zoo is now open. What do you think of when you hear the word cryptid? You think of creatures, critters, and beasts undiscovered by science, right? Some are furry, some are scaly. Some live in vast bodies of water, while others thrive in the lush forests this world has to offer. But let me ask you this. When hearing the word, how often do you think of something that doesn't walk, fly, swim, or slither? Have you ever considered that there are undiscovered plants in the world that have their own mythology and set of stories behind them? Plants that don't act anything like the plants we're used to? Unlike the unhealthy-looking parsley you have on your windowsill, or that long spider-leg looking one that's sitting next to your crystals, well, this is the interesting world of cryptobotany. You hear that? Cryptobotany. Or the study of undiscovered plants. Now, I'm sure many zoologists and botanists have been fascinated by plants that presumably eat meat. I mean, how can you not be? I'm not even a zoologist or a botanist, and I think it's pretty cool. And that goes way back to the days when uh, Charles Darwin was struck with interest himself, you know. Even writing about the topic in his 1888 book, Insectivorous Plants. I was negative 100 years old in 1888. Now not to worry, Alien Zoo is here to discuss a few crazy pieces of vegetation. Ones that dine on things meatier than insects. Can you believe that? On our second Live from the Forest episode, we discuss, we discuss carnivorous cryptid plants. My name is Chris, and let's get started before the trees I'm surrounded by decide to have a snack. <laughs> So the first cryptid plant we'll go over is the Indian cow-eating tree. Now I think the title kind of gives it away of what this thing is, but let's go over it regardless, all right? Now you may initially think that a tree grabbing a large mammal and gobbling it down sounds more like a side story from the world of Harry Potter or some other more modern reference. Well, you're wrong. These stories don't just exist in folklore and legend, let me tell you that. Here's an account according to Express News Service, okay? Residents in Padrame, near Kokoda, in the Upanagandhi forest range, were lucky enough to have sighted a tree attempting to eat a mature cow. Well, unlucky for the cow. On October 18, 2007, according to reports, the cow, which was owned by a man named And Gaudi, was grazing in the nearby forest of his property. Within a short amount of time, the cow was abruptly grabbed by nearby branches and began to be pulled to the ground. Now the cow was not alone. It was with its herd, which didn't skip a beat and bolted back to the village. Startled by the herd's sudden reappearance, Mr. Gouda and a band of villagers headed to the spot where he left his cows to graze. There was the cow, terrified and making a lot of noise, being dragged closer and closer to the main body of the tree. The villagers immediately began hitting the branches until they went limp and the cow was able to free itself. Now after the incident... An Gandhi range forest officer, or RFO, described the aggressive tree as pili mara, or tiger tree, in the native lingo. He went on to admit that he had received many complaints about cattle returning home in the evening missing their tails. Huh. A few more of the forest field staff confirmed coming across a similar tree in Padrane partially destroyed. The unfortunate thing is that no detailed investigation ever happened, and there hasn't been any new reports. That's a bummer. Alright, up next is the beastly plant known as the Brazilian Monkey Trap Tree. Now, let's not get that confused with the Brazil Nut Tree, which also goes by that name, the Brazilian Monkey Trap Tree. Okay. The Brazilian monkey trap tree isn't really a tree, rather. It's a very large carnivorous plant, similar to, if not a gigantic new species of, a Venus the Venus flytrap. The Venus flytrap uses its strong, mandible-like plant appendages to trap insects, okay? Now picture that, but with a monkey. Randall Schwartz mentioned this plant in his 1974 book, Carnivorous Plants. Eh, clever title. He is reporting on behalf of Mariano da Silva, who allegedly discovered the plant and saw it devour a monkey while searching for the settlement of Yatatu, for the settlement of the Yatapu Indians on the Brazilian border of Guyana. The Brazilian monkey trap tree is said to let out a very specific scent that attracts monkeys. Ooh, I'd buy a bottle of that. Hair of the Monkey or, I don't know, Gibbon by Calvin Klein or whoever makes smells. I don't know. When the monkeys are drawn to the delicious smell, they instinctively wander to the plant's hollow trunk. You know, to see where that delicious smell is coming from. Ooh, perhaps attached to some delicious food. That'd be key. This is when the plant's incredibly powerful leaves close around the small mammal, trapping it to a very slow death. It is thought that this plant's digestin- digestion process can take about three or more days. Once the plant's prey is fully digested, the leaves will open back up, and the undigestible parts of the monkey, mostly the bones, will drop onto the forest floor. That's pretty crazy. Imagine walking through a rainforest and finding just a pile of monkey bones. I don't know, I'd, I'd take a picture for the gram or something. <music> The last set of cryptid plants, and quite possibly the most popular we will be going over today, are the man-eating trees of Madagascar. The term man-eating tree can refer to several variations of cryptid plants, but the one we will be focusing on, probably the most popular of the bunch, is the man-eating tree of Madagascar. Now, would it surprise you that Madagascar is home to a carnivorous plant, first of all? It shouldn't since madagascar is home to some crazy nature real crazy nature here's some examples of some crazy madagascar animals okay the eye eye these nocturnal wide-eyed bat possums have an extra long middle finger for flipping off tourists who litter and to scoop insects out of tree bark the satanic leaf tailed gecko is a master of camouflage and a lover of death metal The giraffe weevil. This species' male counterparts have a neck three times longer than females. You know, for sex stuff. And last, but certainly not least, the lemur. There are over 30 species of lemur that have been recorded across Madagascar, from the minuscule pygmy mouse lemur to the indri, which can grow to the size of a small child. That's terrifying. Okay, back to the plant. In 1874... A German traveler named Carl Leach wrote a letter that would later be published in journals, magazines, and newspapers all across the U.S. and Europe. Now what was interesting about this letter? Well, Carl Leach wrote about a very bizarre plant, a man-eating tree. According to his letter, Carl was traveling throughout Madagascar, which is an island off the east coast of Africa, and he was searching for and planned to catalog unusual plants. Carl came across a local man named Hendrik, who he eventually hired as a guide and an assistant. Hendrik recommended that Carl visit a tribe called the Makodos, who were rumored rumored to be cannibals. Now, Hendrik actually happened to be friends with the tribe and insisted that their cannibalistic reputation was indeed false, but he did say that they knew a lot about unusual plants in that particular area. Carl was intrigued, as any human would be, and followed Henrik to the isolated valley where the Makoto tribe lived. Once they met up with the tribe, the Makoto's took both Carl and Henrik to a swampy clearing, and there they saw the most unusual tree. Here's what Carl Leach had to say about that tree they saw that day. He described the tree as having a thick trunk like an eight-foot-tall pineapple. Ooh, vegan heaven. The tree was a shade of dark brown and as hard as an iron bar. Like some expired chocolate or something from the top of the trunk there hung eight gigantic leaves they looked like doors hanging on their hinges they were about 12 feet long and three feet wide at their widest two feet thick at their thickest and closely resembled the leaves of american agave the surface of the leaves were lined with tiny hooks and they had a sharp point like a cow's horn on the top on the tip of the leaf now at the top of the tree's trunk is an area where all eight leaves met. There was a type of white bowl-shaped structure that was filled with a sweet-smelling liquid. Eight-foot-long, hairy green tendrils stuck out in all directions from the base of that whitish bowl of juice. Okay, There were also six white tendrils that were sprouting from the base of the bowl, and they actually waved in the air above the tree like dancing snakes. Okay, and here's when the account gets crazy. Now, understandably, Carl is going insane with excitement, all right? He is face-to-face with a plant only thought to exist in the realm of fantasy. So as he has taken everything in, a few of the Makoto tribesmen at spear point force a young woman to climb up the tree and drink whatever was hanging out in that tree bowl. As soon as that sweet white liquid touched her lips, her eyes rolled back, into her head and she went into sort of a stupor and as if sensing this woman was a potential victim the tree's tendrils began to constrict the poor lady this is awful wrapping around her slowly squeezing life out of her all while she's still in this weird stupor that was brought upon from her drinking that sweet liquid unable or just not bothering to fight back she just stayed there she didn't do anything It was getting clear that the tree's tendrils was moving the woman to a specific spot, a spot where the trees can feed. Once the woman was close enough to the giant leaves, they shut like a trap door, capturing the woman within. And as if overflowing with excitement, the tree began to produce a thick sap-like substance that was running down the long length of the trunk. Without missing a beat, the tribe, as a whole, began catching this fluid in any type of container they had on them they were collecting it to drink later and actually some of the tribesmen would even slurp and drink the fluid right off the tree itself right there where they stood and with the flip of a switch those who contributed to the drinking of the liquid fell into a horrible state of drunkenness carl and henrik now overwhelmed like two virgins in amsterdam for the first time quickly left the scene But the story doesn't end there, so don't even fucking think it does. Over the next ten or so days, Carl kept checking on the tree. And on the tenth day, he noticed the tree's leaves reopened and a perfectly clean white skull lay at its base. (gasps) The skull of the woman? He claimed to have examined six different specimens of the tree, but none as large as the first one he observed. The one that ate the lady, that one. Now, just to give you an idea of just how fast of a predator this tree had the capability of being, Carl described one time where he saw a lemur playfully swinging around the area of the tree. It was caught, crushed, and wrapped up by the tree's tendrils as it was trying to get a look at what Carl was doing. So we're talking a matter of 30 to 40 seconds or so. I I mean, that's just insane. Um... Carl's 1874 letter was printed in its entirety, and for decades it was used as proof of the carnivorous tree's existence all around the world. People believe in this all around the world just because of this letter. Fast forward a bit to 1924, where Chase Salmon Osborne, a former governor of Michigan, published a book called Madagascar, Land of the Meat-Eating Tree. I wonder what that's about. Chase spent a good amount of time in the jungles of Madagascar trying to find this cryptid plant, okay? Everywhere he went, locals told him stories of the tree's existence, but no one could seem to actually show him one. But this didn't deter the man, you know? He was forever convinced of the tree's existence. Alright, so with only a 50-year difference, how is it that Carl found multiple specimens and Chase found none, even though they were both in the same area? Well... One possibility is that Carl Leach's account is 100% false. There are a lot of people who discount Carl's supposed encounter with this plant. To some, it just seems too fantastical of a story, doesn't it? It's something out of, I don't know, like an early 2000s horror movie, right? No one really knows for sure. I mean, here's the question. Plants can't move or hide very well, Right. So why the hell hasn't anybody found this man-eating tree, or any of the carnivorous plants we've talked about today? Well, here are a few theories. One theory, which remains an issue today, is deforestation. I can't even imagine how many precious and endangered species of plants have been wiped out due to what humans do best. Destruction. But what if that's not it? What if these plants can't be found because of their extreme rarity? These plants may not have been discovered because there's a chance that only a handful of them exist, right? That could make sense. Forests cover about 31% of the Earth's land surface. That's just a bit over 4 billion hectares. One hectare equals two and a half acres, okay? So in my mind, it is a total possibility that a baker's dozen of plants could elude humans. I mean... If I tell you there's a fur-covered lilac on the cliffside in Russia, prove me wrong. I don't think you can because you're unable to explore all the cliffs of Russia. You know what I'm saying? It's sort of like that. Well, that was awful. Alright, so another possible... Anyways, another possible reason why, as of today, there's no scientific categorization of large mammal-eating plants is that perhaps they are all extinct by now. You know, like dinosaurs. There is absolutely a possibility that years and years and years ago, there were fields of two-foot plants eating hedgehogs and rodents and Girl Scouts or whatever. But as the world changes and resources and nature begin to get scarce, these plants may have all died out, leaving no trace of their existence as they get uh, reabsorbed back into the soil. I don't know. I'm fascinated with plants just as much as I am with animals. And look, just because we don't have proof of man-eating trees doesn't mean they're not out there somewhere. There are up to 200... Jesus Christ. Buddy's pissed at me. Good Lord. I wonder if you guys can hear that. Alright, where was I? Oh, statistics, huh? There are up to 200 new species of plants being discovered on a yearly basis, so it's just a matter of time. I don't know. I I, th- I think man-eating plant. I, uh, oh my god, I wonder if you guys can hear that. He's going insane. Alright, statistics, okay? Alright, here we go. There are up to 200 new species of plants being discovered on a yearly basis. So in my opinion, it's just a matter of time before someone discovers a mammal-eating plant. But you know, in the meantime, let's be nicer to plants, alright? Say a prayer for your grass before you mow it or something. I don't know. everyone well we've reached the end of the episode i just want to say thank you so much for joining me on this second live episode from the forest i hope you had fun subscribe to the show if you can it really helps out um also if if you have any suggestions or a question um or if you have a cryptid sighting that's the best um or anything you just want to ask the alien zoo something you can always email us at the alien at Podcast at gmail.com, okay? Um, Wow, I am half-eaten by these creepy crawlers in this forest. But you know what they say, it isn't a podcast unless you're itchy at the end. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Chris. Stay safe, stay sanitized, and until next cryptid, bye.